Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Okay, folks, we're going to continue on in our study of Matthew, and we've been looking specifically at the issue of the compassion of the King, the compassion of Jesus. And and why we're focusing on these two chapters, looking at the compassion of Jesus, I think it's very important that you and I understand how compassionate he is, because I'll just be flat out honest with you. I'm there, you're there, we, if you listen to me, we sometimes go through things and we begin to question what we know about God, what we believe about God. And we begin to wonder and we begin to struggle and we begin to possibly forget things about his character because we don't see it very real at that moment when we're going through whatever we're going through. And so we're going to talk about Jesus today. We're going to talk about, from these two incidences, I want you to see that there's a truth that we've got to hold on to, that we've got to, no matter what we're going through, no matter what's happening in our lives, that we have got to grasp, and that is, is that he is ready to respond in your life. Now, let me just stop for a moment. When I say that, a lot of times we'll run with that and go somewhere where maybe we're not meant to go. When I say that he's ready to respond to you, that does not mean he's going to give you what you want. Do you hear me? I think that's one of the things we struggle with is because we don't see him doing what we want him to do. Oftentimes, it may not be the best thing for you to have what you want. Did you know what I'm saying? It may not be. I mean, it's like a wise parent. You know, one of the things Lori and I constantly struggle with in, 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 in raising our four kids is, is, you know, there's always an incessant need for so many different things, right? If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. And so sometimes we have to sit down and say to them, okay, you know, you want to buy this, but do you know what's going to happen? And do you really need that? You need to see beyond your initial need. Because sometimes getting it is not necessarily the best thing for you. And so I want you to see that God's ready to respond, but it's not necessarily to give you everything you want. But it's for a greater thing. But here's the thing I want you to see. How do we get, enter into this text? Well, I want to talk first of all about our uncertainty. Because this is where the struggle really is at. You and I struggle with uncertainty concerning the person of God concerning the person of Jesus and his care for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? We want to say, it's we're in church, the best thing to say, well, I believe in Jesus, I trust Jesus. But, you know, that's a great public statement. But when the rubber meets the road of your life, when you get the doctor's report, when you get the pink slip, when you get the unexpected bill, or when the engine problem does happen, when you're facing the crisis, whatever it might be, then, no matter what the public statements are, the inner self struggles with what? Uncertainty. Uncertainty concerning God and whether or not he cares for you and loves you. So here's two things I want you to see here. First of all, we struggle with trusting God's goodness towards us. 
I mean, we'll agree, yeah, God loves us. God is going to show goodness to me. Well, some of you have been going through it, and it seems like it's been a long time of going through it. At some point, you start wondering, when's the goodness going to start? Where's the goodness? Because I haven't seen it lately. You know what I'm talking about? Have you been through times like that? You know, and sometimes I know in my life, and in our relationship and serving the Lord, sometimes there's been whole years of that. Like, okay, God, I'm holding on and being faithful, but when's where's the blessing? Where's the goodness? See, this is why we have the uncertainty. We we struggle with trusting God's goodness towards us. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, but if we're in church, we would say, oh yeah, I believe that. Oh yeah, I testify to that. Oh yeah, Jesus loves me. He's going to take care of me. He's going to meet my needs. But then we get in our car, we drive home, we go to work, we interact, and it's there. It's confronting us. Are you, is God really that good to me? It's real, isn't it? Here's the second thing I want you to see about the uncertainty. Our lack of trust impacts our faith in God. They're connected. Our lack of trust in God's goodness impacts our faith in God. Do you you understand what I'm saying? If you, you you might be saying, well, I have faith, George. It's just I don't know if he's going to be good to me. I'm going to be honest with you, folks. That's going to impact your faith. How do you know that? Because it's impacted my faith. I know it from my own life. The fact of the matter is this. When you go through a crisis and you're not sure of whether or not God's going to show you goodness in the midst of whatever you're going through, it's going to be very difficult for you to trust him to take care of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, you know, in the back of your mind, intellectually, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, he can take care of it. But in your heart, because there's a lack of trust and you're not sure about whether or not he's showing goodness to you, and you're not sure of that, you're going to be like, well, you know, I need to come up with plan B. Now, plan A is God. God taking care of it. But uh, i got to work on plan B. Did you know what I'm saying? You ever worked on plan B? Some of us work on plan C and D as well, don't we? See, this is the uncertainty. We struggle. And that's why when the crisis happens, for some of us, the immediate reaction is, why are you letting this happen to me, Lord? Why are you doing this to me, God? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, statements like that come from, are you listening to me? Statements like that come from a lack of trust in God's goodness towards you. You hear me? Statements like that come from a lack of trust in God's goodness towards you. And that's going to impact your faith. And so then you're going to go in other directions trying to figure it out. Trying to figure it out. Now, here's the thing. Here's what you and I need to understand is, is that if I'm going to deal with that, if I'm going to be solid in my relationship with Christ, I've got to grasp a hold of some truth principles. And so before we look at this passage and understand Jesus' readiness to respond to your need and my need and the needs of others, you need to grasp... If you'll listen to me, you need to grasp some truth principles. And so here's the number one truth principle that you need to grasp because it comes right out of the Bible. Here's what it is. God's actions towards us are an expression of love, perfect love. God's actions towards us are an expression 
of perfect love. Listen to what 1 John says. Two different places in chapter 4. He makes this statement about who God is. The character of God. I want you to hear me. Here's what he says. Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God. And here's what he says about God. For God is love. How many of you have heard that before? God is love. All right, now listen now to verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Both times, in chapter 4, he's making a point here for you and I to understand that God is love. Let me just stop for a moment. So let's talk about that for a second to grasp this truth principle. When we talk about God being love, that is talking about his character. God is perfect love. So when you talk about being a child of God, any and all actions towards you and I are always going to be an expression of his perfect love. Do you understand what I'm saying? Any and all actions from God, because he is love, is always going to be what? An expression of his perfect love. Now, here's the problem. The problem is that we have a messed up concept about what God's love is. What do you mean, George? I believe that. No, it's how we live it out practically. See, we understand about love, and we understand how love is expressed, but when it comes to God's love, we sometimes miss the mark completely, and here's what we do. We get to the place where we believe that God showing us love is giving us anything and everything that we, what, want. But you and I know practically that's not true. What do you mean, George? Well, how many of you are parents? Raise your hand. Show me you're a parent. Okay, all right. Do you love your kids? Okay. Out of your love, have you ever told them no? Have you ever had them tell them, you don't love me? And you said to them, it's because I love you, you can't do that. It's because I love you that I'm not giving you that. It's because I love you that you got to go dig that ditch in the backyard. Do you know what I'm talking about? Now, we understand that, right? From a human perspective, why is it that we get so messed up when we think about God? Listen, every expression of God towards you the no's, even the difficulties he allows in your life, are an expression of his perfect love for you. you got to grasp that. That's the truth principle. Why do I need to grasp the truth principle? Because you and I wrestle with uncertainty. We wrestle with believing in the goodness of God, of trusting his goodness. But if you understand that God is always going to respond to you out of his what? Perfect love. That'll help you with your uncertainty. Here's the second thing I want you to see about the truth principle. Here's the second thing. We have to hold on to truth in the midst of our difficulties. We have to hold on to truth in the midst of our difficulties. See, here's the thing. 
If I'm holding on to the truth that God is love and that his expression towards me, his actions towards me come out of that expression of that perfect love, then when I'm going through it, I don't need to wrestle with God, do you care for me? God, do you love me? God does love you. But maybe he's allowing what's going on in your life for a purpose. It's because he's got a bigger picture in mind. Of what you're going through. God allows you to go through what you're going through in order for you to be the man or woman that you are to be for him. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not that he doesn't love you. It's not that you can't trust his goodness to you. It might be part of his goodness that you're going through what you're going through. But you need to grasp that. Because it's you've got to start looking at it as what it's developing in your life. In fact, there's a verse. We sometimes misquote it. Romans 8.28 says this. For we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, sometimes we've misquoted that, and, and we quote that verse to act like everything's going to turn out hunky-dory and sweet and wonderful. That's not true. There's no promise that your stuff's going to turn out okay. What it's saying is, is that God uses what's going on in your life at this moment and last moments and future moments for his purpose for you. So when you go through it, you realize, okay, Lord, I'm going through this for a reason. Help me. Help me to be all that you want me to be. Help me. Now, we struggle with that, because why? Because we've got a wrong concept of God. But here's what I want you to understand. Get your concept of God in line. Now, all of that's introduction. Really? How long is this message going to go? Well, we're going to focus the rest of our time about Jesus now. So look with me, Matthew chapter 8. We're going to look at just four verses, verses 14 through 17. And we're going to talk about the nature of Jesus. Now, when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our affirmities and bore our sicknesses. See, here's the thing, folks. If we're going to have, if we're going to deal with the uncertainty, if we're going to put to rest this struggle that we have with trusting God's goodness. We, ne- we don't just need to grasp the truth principle that God is love. You really need to see something about Jesus this morning. And what I want to show you from just these four verses is that Jesus, listen to me, Jesus is ready to respond. You don't need to twist his arm. How many times do we do that in prayer? Oh God, if you'll do this, then I'll do that. Twisting his arm doesn't work. He's ready to respond. So let's look at it. We're going to see four things. First of all, we're going to notice here, verse 14 and 15, 
Jesus walks into Simon Peter's house, and the other Gospels tell us that the people who are there tell Jesus that Simon Peter's mother-in-law is sick. So I want you to notice, look with me at verse 14 here. Notice this first thing about Jesus. So when Jesus had come into Peter's house, Matthew focuses just on this. He saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. First thing I want you to see is this. Jesus is aware of the problems around him. Jesus is aware of the problems around him. So I want you to listen to me. Put a star by that. Because this is a truth that you need to grasp. Because some of you will forget this. Some of you struggle. Because the first thing that happens when a crisis happens in your life, you're like, ah! And you lose perspective. You ever know what I'm talking about? Losing perspective? Okay? In losing perspective, one of the first things that goes out the window is your concept of Jesus. And listen to how you pray. God, are you aware of what's going on in my life? Back up. You don't need to pray that way. He is very much aware of what's going on. He's very much aware of the problems that are around him. Listen, you don't need to spend a whole lot of time trying to explain yourself to God about what's going on. He already knows. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you ever done that? What's going on with you? You ever talk to a friend like that and you spend 30 minutes on the phone just trying to explain to them the problem? Well, yeah, that's your friend. He doesn't doesn't know. you got to tell him. But with Jesus, you don't need to spend 30 minutes telling him. He already knows why, because he was there with you when you went through it. He's probably got a better perspective of what's going on. Let me just, not probably, he does. He has a better perspective of what's going on than you do. Do you understand that? Mark that down in your mind. He's got a better perspective of what's going on than you do. So Jesus is aware of the problems around him. Jesus is aware of the problems around in your life. Jesus is aware of the struggles. Jesus is aware of the crises. Jesus is aware of the difficulties, the health issues, the financial issues, the relationship issues. Jesus is aware of them all. Do you understand? You're not telling him anything new. He didn't go to sleep on the throne for a moment and let whatever happened to you without his attention. That doesn't happen. First thing you need to grasp, when you're dealing with that uncertainty about the goodness of God in your life, you need to understand right off the bat, he's aware. He's aware. Why are you stressing that point, George? Because we forget it, don't we? I mean, just be honest. I'm like that. But at no time was he not aware. In fact, let me tell you something here. He's aware of the stuff that you don't even know that's coming down the road yet. Really? Yeah, because he's already there. He's already there. Here's the second thing I want you to see about Jesus here. Look with me. Verse 15. So he touched her, and the fever left her, and she arose and served him. Here's the second thing. Put a star by this one, too. Jesus does not hesitate to act. 
He didn't say, oh, you know, hey, you know what, guys, I've been with people all day long. You know, I, I dealt with that leper. No, I dealt with that Roman centurion, and then, you know, I had to deal with that unclean guy, and, you know, and it's just been, it's just been, I'm just tired. Well, we'll take care of that after dinner. Does it say that? Doesn't say that at all. It says that he reached out and what? He touched her. Now, let me just stop for a moment. How, how many of you, I know all of you have had a fever, but remember the last time you had a fever? You ever had one of those fevers where it's like body aches and chills? And, and when you got over it, how ready were you to just get up and go for it? I mean, you weren't the same for a few days, dude. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got the boss calling, when are you coming? I'm not ready yet. Listen, Jesus healed her. This is talking about how complete the healing is. She has a fever. He heals her. She gets up and starts serving dinner. And the implication of the text in the language is, we're talking cooking here. We're talking slaving away to get food ready. That's how, how the healing is. What am I, why am I pointing this out to you? You and I need to come to the place where we understand that he's aware of your problems. Here's the second thing you need to understand when you're dealing with the uncertainty is that he does not hesitate to act. Do you understand? He does not hesitate. He doesn't sit back there and say, oh, you know, there's George. How many times do I got to deal with that guy? Seriously? Well, you know what? I think we'll take a pause on this one. Let him suffer a little bit. No, he doesn't do that. But why do we think he does? You hear me? Why do you think he does? I'll tell you why. Because we haven't seen him act as quick as we want him to act. See, that's the issue. We haven't seen him respond as quick as we think. But can we, can I remind you of something? God is on a different timetable than you and I. And every expression of him towards you is out of his perfect love. Did you understand what I'm saying? Have you ever had your kids come to you and say, Dad, you need to do this? You need to... I mean, and they're pestering you and you're like, I'll get to it. Because maybe you have a greater perspective. See, that's the second thing I want you to see there. Jesus does not hesitate to act. Verse 16, I think, is an amazing verse. Look with me at verse 16. When the evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Now, if you don't mind writing in your Bible, why don't you underline that phrase there, and healed all who were sick. All who were sick. What's the point there, George? Here's another point you and I need to grasp about the one who's ready to respond in your life. Jesus has power over all spiritual and physical sickness. That's what's coming out of this passage. You don't need to question whether or not God can solve your problem. 
you don't need to question whether or not God can deal with the issue that you're going with. What I want you to see from this text, it's not just that he's aware of the difficulties. It's not just that he doesn't hesitate to respond. You need to be aware, listen to me, you need to be aware and grasp the reality that Jesus has power over spiritual and physical sickness. You mean there's two types? Yes, there's two types. Very clearly. He's got power over both of them. He's got power over your situation in your life. And you need to grasp that. Here's the fourth one. And it's interesting because look, Matthew is quoting the prophet Isaiah, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. See, here's the thing you're going to need to grasp when you're wrestling with uncertainty. When you're, you're having a hard time trusting his goodness to us. Here is what Matthew is saying to you and I that you need to grasp. If you want to, I want you to put a star by this one too. Here is the important point that you need to grasp. Jesus is the fulfillment of the one who would deliver. Now I want you to hear me. Because I think this is why we're not, some of us are not at that next level of our relationship with Jesus. It's because we're not totally convinced. Listen to me. We're not totally convinced that God will take care of us in every area of our lives. So therefore, we rely on our friends. Therefore, we rely on our checkbook. Therefore, we rely on our mental ability to take care of the problems that we face. I want you to hear me. You've got to come to the place where you realize and recognize that God's love is going to be expressed to you in such a way, out of his perfection, you don't need to worry about it. You need to trust in him. But you got to come to the place where you recognize that Jesus is the fulfillment of your deliverer. Do you understand? He is the deliverer. Another term for it, Jewish term for it, would be Messiah. The Greek term for it, the Latin term for it, is Christ. He is the deliverer. You have to come to a place where you are convinced that the only solution in your life is not your mama's advice, is not your daddy's advice, is not your own thinking, is not this, not that. The only hope for you is one person only. Jesus. The deliverer. See, as long as you're struggling with wondering or not about his goodness towards you, you haven't gotten there yet. You're not convinced yet. And what we need to do is get to that place, listen to me, get to the place where we're trusting in Jesus. But you know what, George? He doesn't work as quick as I want him to. Yeah. Here's the thing. He's never early and he's never late. He's always on time. Do you hear me? Want to write that one down? He's never early. He's never late. He's always on time. Problem is, is you don't know his time schedule. So you gotta trust him. You gotta trust him. Problem is, let's be honest, we got a problem with trusting. But he's ready to respond. 
Jesus is the fulfillment of the one who would deliver. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.